Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. He's wild. He's sweet. He'll shred your couch on a whim. Then come crawling back to you, purring happily at your feet. His behavior may be erratic, but he's still the world's best cat, who deserves nothing less than world's best cat litter. The number one natural and sustainable litter brand with no harmful chemicals or silica dust. Trade your clay today. Get world's best cat litter for the world's best cat.
What's up, Belly Up Fantasy fans? This is, of course, Belly Up Fantasy Live. Um, I'm joined, as always, by Justin Herrera at SemtexMex93 on Twitter and Chris Dauhauer here below me. Um, of course, I am your host, Adam LaRue at LaRue Adam. Um, let's get into things, shall we? How was, uh, how was everyone's week 13 in, in fantasy? How, how are we doing? Uh, tail two teams for myself this week. One team did really well. One team did not do so well. Uh, oddly, the team that had Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback was the team that actually did well because uh, George Kittle finally had his coming out party I've been waiting for, and he, he went basically bonkers for me, and Chris Godwin had a nice game as well. So that team basically carried me um, with limited RB running back value. I, I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner. Um, yeah, that was for me. But uh, somehow I still dropped, you know, did have a great game that in that league. The other league didn't do so great. Um, more of a victim of kind of the other team players doing really well. My guys is doing kind of average. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the other hand, my Mahomes team feels dead. <laughs> really feels dead. It's, it's, I have a play-in game technically this week, but I don't feel like I trust it. <laughs> Um, unfortunate. However, uh, I had a similar situation this past week that it seems like you kind of did, where an underperforming quarterback was no match for the rest of my roster. Um, I had Dak, who had, like, what, like 12 points, um, and still in a, a normal DSBN PPR league managed to drop 175 with, uh, with Dak scoring 12. Um, having... Justin Jefferson and Deontay Johnson PPR never hurts. <laughs> how we how we do, Justin? How we do? Um, so I had my first playoff game this week. Woo! How we do? Killed it. Let's go. Put a hundred. Congratulations. Up. Thank you, sir. A lot of it was due to my man George Kittle and Eli Mitchell having good games. Yep. Um, but um, I actually I feel you guys. While I don't have a Patrick Mahomes team. I do have shitty quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> I decided in my super flex I was going to play uh, Derek Carr this week. Uh, that didn't go so well. But, hey, guess what? Dallas Goddard's good. No way. It only took Gardner Minshew? No freaking way. So I thought I was I was absolutely dead. But then Dallas Goddard showed up for 26 points. And I was like, all right, so I'm still in this game. Ended up winning by three. Him and Antonio right. Gibson put me over. Listen, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, and one of my <laughs> super flex is actually the one with Mahomes, so I'm not gonna put this all on your guy. Uh, but I lost by five with Jimmy Garoppolo in the, the super flex. <laughs> <laughs> and man, <laughs> if that pass doesn't get tipped the line, well, you could actually blame that one on Pat, not Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I said, not really Garoppolo's fault. <laughs> he really could have bailed me out there. <laughs> and, and he could Adam, have bailed me out. Adam, to be fair, I did warn you against Jimmy against Seattle. <laughs> hey, listen, he, his on-the-field performance was left a lot to be desired, but fantasy-wise, that, that was about what you expect from him. I just, yeah. you know, that last touchdown would have been very helpful for my life, personally. <laughs> um, yeah. Stupid so, Carlos uh, going out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anything you guys want to hit on before we get into um, our belly ups and whatnot? 
No. All right, cool, cool. Um, so it should be a, a no surprise um, that our belly up fantasy player of the week is George Kittle, the guy who we've all kind of uh, spoken about a little bit. He was definitely a, a weak winner for a lot of guys. Um, so again, with that, we can kind of hit our, our, our individual belly ups. And Justin, you want to lead us off? Uh, yeah, I'll start off with Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, welcome to the party. Coming out party it is. Um, he was a guy that was uh, pretty much the short route guy for Detroit. He caught 10 passes. Um, he went for 86 yards, and he ended up coming up clutch. Game-winning touchdown. First win of the year. There you go. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Good job, kid. Keep it going because my belly-up team needs you to keep it going. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Chris, you want to go next? Well, you talked about this guy for your fantasy team, Justin, and that's going to be Dallas Goddard from my belly ups for this week. Dallas Goddard showed you what the tight end one potential he has, how he can be utilized when he is targeted enough in each game. This guy was, you know, all over the place. Um, you know, the the stash obviously loved throwing the ball to this guy. The play calling was obviously you can kind of involve him as much as possible, and you love what you saw of Dallas Goddard this past week. Yeah, and hey, I'm going to stay in that same game. Uh, I got to give it to Gardner Minshew, Justin. We were talking about it in the pregame show. Like, where do we rank him amongst amongst streamers? Or if you're going to have to pick someone up for a super flex or something like that. Um, we were talking, you know, mid to low tier streamer. Uh, I think you and I were a little bit, you know, higher on him, but still, you know, not exactly super high on him. Finished QB 10 on the week. Um, so certainly not bad. Finished as far as my super flex went higher than both Mahomes and Garoppolo. For what it's yep. worth, um, so uh, gotta give props to, to Minshew for coming in with a pinch start, both in fantasy and in uh, the NFL. Yeah, that was he was definitely on fire in that game. I, he pulled out that one game, that one Uncle Rico game that he could have, <laughs> and he did it. He did yeah, it. He did do it. Yeah, I uh, I compiled some stats. Uh, not really compiled, but uh, pulled up some stats that. I, I thought were hilarious for Minshew uh, through his career, his first start of the season, he is 61 of 70 <laughs> in his first start of all of the season, seven touchdowns, one pick, uh, 9.8, 9.86 yards per attempt. <laughs> and then of course is a low end starter the rest of the season, but in his first start in any given season, ridiculous <laughs> right Fitzpatrick in the making yep yep <laughs> get him on your dynasty team while he's young <laughs> exactly you, yeah. you, got seven, you got 17 more years of this opportunity for you yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, throw, throw something cheap for him and you'll get a whole like 17 to 25 games of production out of him the rest of his career so that's pretty big <laughs> Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, but yeah, Justin, who's your next guy? Um, we're still sticking with the belly ups, not the belly flops. Yeah, one more. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, let's see. Who'll be my next guy. Uh, you know what? I don't like it, but I'll go with Kyler Murray. You know, welcome back. Looked really good. Looked really agile. Doesn't look like he was, you know, the ankle injury was messing with him too much. Um, obviously he sat out long enough. I think he sat out four weeks, right? Three games and a bye. So 
he went for two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns through the air. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot. I I don't know if that put him at QB1 or of the week, but that should have for sure. Um, but, yeah, as far as that goes, you know, he just had an outstanding game. I mean, it wasn't much against the Bears, but, you know, comeback game, that's a hell of a come get, or a comeback game for sure. Yeah. Um, as far as the – he was QB1 by about a point over Tom Brady. Yes, my other belief is going to be this for this week's going to have to be Javante Williams finally freed to be the true RB1 that we all, have, as fantasy fans, have probably been clamoring for it and dying to see. This guy's mm-hmm. a breaking, tacking, breaking tackle machine. Um, he was the only reason you could actually stand watching that Denver offense last night or Sunday night, I should say. And this guy was, you know, lights out as a guy that you had in your fantasy lineups. Everything you were hoping to get, you got the rushing yards, you got the passing yards, you got the opportunity. This was the team's offense. Belly up for Javante Williams this week. Yeah. he. <laughs> I was surprised he made it that far around, to be honest with you. He had a great performance, uh, for sure, without Gordon. Um, another guy who had from the running back position, who is a... Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Everyone knows that he's, you know, an elite PPR running back. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> who had his nine catch game, uh, quietly has 13 targets over the last two. Um, you know, and PPR put up easily his best performance of the season, getting 24 points. Um, when he's been healthy, he's been a, a solid, solid back for you this season. As far as fantasy goes, his efficiency on the field may not have been the best, but you know, he either gets in the end zone or gets a surprising amount of catches for, um, you know, how he had been kind of used in the past. Yeah. And Kenyon Drake is out right now. So, yeah, that's going to be a good matchup next week against Kansas City or this week against Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We will definitely have to uh, discuss such later. All right. With that, um, some belly flops. And Chris, do you want to kick us off? Sure. One of my belly flops is going to be sticking to that same game, watching that rest of that awful Denver offense. And I'm going to give two two guys I'm going to mention in the same game. That's Teddy Bridgewater and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, I was hoping to have a game that you'd finally kind of see that you expected for this whole season. You know, the way he kicked off the season, one of the top 10 receivers since Judy's return seems to be, you know, he hasn't got the volume. Problem is necessarily Judy. The problem is they just don't throw the ball at all. Teddy Bridgewater and shotgun looks like Ben Roethlisberger back there. This team screams Pittsburgh Steelers offense from last year. And I think as a result, you're seeing Cortland Sutton and both Teddy Bridgewater be 
very disappointing producers, particularly against defenses that aren't that great. But suddenly the Chiefs look like an all-pro defense because their offenses teams are just not able to push the ball, against, the ball down the field against them right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> my guy's going to be uh, Tyreek Hill. He has largely, even when Mahomes has kind of been faltering, he's largely been able to uh, put it together, especially in PPR. Uh, in PPR specifically, uh, before the bye, he had two back-to-back 20-plus point games, despite you know Mahomes, again, kind of faltering a little bit, had the one good game, um, but otherwise really hasn't been himself. Um, but Tyreek has been quick. kind of... Sorry, oh. a quick question on Tyreek Hill, just to get you guys kind of feed on this. And not to not to be like you know comical about it, but does Tariq Hill need kind of glasses or something? Because I've never seen this guy fight the ball like he has this year. And a lot of Mahomes' interceptions in the beginning of the season were because Tyreek Hill he's dropping everything, and that those it's not always he's turning to look up the field. Sometimes it's just he seems just to fight that ball right now. I actually have no idea, but it's getting out of hand. It really is. It's not looking the best. And what's the problem is, is he's still outside of Kelsey, obviously, probably the best weapon he has. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not a recipe for success when, you know, your second best weapon, who's obviously dynamic with the ball in his hands, but is kind of struggling in that way. And in a way that he hasn't really struggled that much in uh, throughout the rest of his career. It's not like that's been an issue prior to this. Uh, it is really weird. I, I Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, he needs to go talk to Jameis Winston's eye surgeon. It's something like, I, I just I, I just watched this guy and I'm like, there's something off about you this year. This entire season, he's always he's just been getting his hands up slow. He has been tipping a lot of balls. He's been dropping a lot of things. He he usually doesn't. And he and it's not always like you know a lot of times you see guys trying to make a big play. It's not because he's trying to make a big play every time. Sometimes it just seems like he just doesn't see the ball well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So my belly flop is going to be uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, some people cool. were picking him up off the waiver wire thinking, hey, this guy looks like he's going to be a guy for Russell Wilson. Uh, four catches, seven yards, and two fumbles. I think that relegates him to not being a guy at this point um, when two of your Only- catches end up being – what's up? <laughs> I was going to say, this is that's, he's one of the reasons he's he's a symbol, he's the probably the, the ch- problem child in my, in my sense of why I hate full-point PPR leagues. Because it still got you something. A guy got you four catches for seven yards and two fumbles. Probably still got you positive points in PPR. So go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. That should have got you negative points. Oh, you, you could only hope that, that fumbles like knocked it down to zero at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think the I think it's standard. He got like negative 1.3 points or some shit so yeah gerald sorry bud your belly flop this week yeah. um negative really 3.3 in standard <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. disgusting <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why this reminds me of that but i just remember years ago i had jay cutler in one of the games where he he um, got injured, and he <laughs> early in the game gets sacks, fumbled, and hurt. <laughs> so I hadn't really done anything. Gets you the negative four, done for rest of the game, and that's just the worst to get from really anyone in your starting lineup, but especially a quarterback position. Yeah. So 
That is the worst. My next belly flop is going to have to be one of those guys that people called the Houston killer coming into this week. That's going to be Mr. T.Y. Hilton. Uh, T.Y., if you try to throw him in your line thinking you were going to catch lightning in the bottle, you did not. You caught something else in that bottle because it was not pretty out there for T.Y. Hilton. So he's my belly flop, uh, my other belly flop of the week. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all good things must come to an end. And, um, yeah, him, him owning Houston in Houston might be about time for that to be done. Um, so my my second um, belly flop that's going to go ahead and be Mark Ingram, who is another guy who's been a popular pickup as of late um, and had been filling in pretty well uh, for the running backs um, with, you know, Kamara and uh, Tony just kind of, you know, being in and out um, and laid an egg this week. Uh, really, I mean – the Saints as a whole kind of did. I mean, you, you kind of got some points in weird places, but yeah, not not the best. But Mark Ingram specifically for fantasy didn't do much. Only had one catch. It was for negative yards um, <laughs> and uh, 10 carries for his beautiful 2.8 yards per carry. So good old, like, good old Houston days. Yeah, <laughs> throwback <laughs> to the Houston days, absolutely. It's like it was yesterday, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout-out, Belly, up real quick. Um, we got to give one to Mike Davis this week because he's never going to get any kind of positive fantasy thing probably the rest of this year or ever. So shout-out, Belly up, Mike Davis. My Belly up of the week, Mike Davis, has to be because you actually did something and you actually scored points. And if anybody saw Mike Davis on your team or had him in your lineup, God bless you and belly up to you as well. We should send him some Manscaped stuff so he knows that we really care about him. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable belly up I, guy. Of the week. I, don't think, I don't think Arthur Smith's making him feel like he's very cared about. But Mike Davis, you weren't ready for that explosion. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah. time you found something. With eight carries, eight, eight touches. Score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So my last guy is going to be uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, let Zeke eat. Uh, maybe he needs to go on like a lower carb diet or something. Uh, he's looking really slow out there. He's, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how else to put this. Give Tony Pollard the ball more. Um, start taking it away from Zeke. You know, kind of, you know, he can be your one and two down back. But, you know, at this point, you got to kind of give Tony Pollard some of those carries. You know, he had an opportunity against the New Orleans Saints defense that has really been reeling. And he only put up 45 yards. Uh, The biggest play of the game came from Tony Pollard. And he ended up not out. He ended up out snapping Tony Pollard, but Tony Pollard was better on the stat sheet. So I I think it may be time to kind of. Real back on uh, Big Zeke, but he's my uh, second belly flop of the week. Um, kind of an honorable mention belly flop here, but just kind of uh, to your point, Chris, earlier, something that I think we should mention because it was just a, a weird aberration. Um, Joe Mixon, who's been very great in fantasy the last couple weeks against the Chargers rush defense, who has been awful against running backs, he had an all right game. You can do worse, but that wasn't what you expected. No, certainly not what you expected for him to get the volume you want to get his 20 carries 
and only get 55 yards and a touchdown. That I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was worth mentioning just because that was like a matchup where it was like, this is the well, matchup you want for him. <laughs> the big interesting thing coming out of that, especially coming into this week, was that he, he supposed to get a neck injury in that game that mm-hmm. could be bothersome. And maybe that was why you kind of saw didn't see the effectiveness of Joe Mixon. We kind of grown accustomed to seeing over the last few weeks. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um, you know, if it's kind of worth making a grab for a, a Perrine or something, or if we think that uh, Mixon will be fine going into next week. Well, Perrine um, got banged up too. It's, and Evans is banged up. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of who's next. This is going to become a Seattle backfield back there. AJ Pierce is going to get signed to save the day. Hey, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow had a rushing touchdown this past game, if I remember correctly. Just give him the rock. Yeah, he got hurt as well. <laughs> Um, all right. So with that, um, what, what are our top takes for the week? Don't have anything, anything kind of, uh, stand out to you guys. I think for myself, it's going to, I, what stood out to me is this is like a, a back in the day, old school NFL season where we've gone accustomed to seeing high scoring, high octane offenses, week in, week out quarterback scoring all kinds of points. And we had yet another week where the quarterbacks have been incredibly disappointing. Nobody's producing the points you're kind of expecting. And you've got the receiver one, you know, a couple of top tier receiver ones who are able to do something, a couple of top tier running backs and a bunch of no name guys who kind of like rescue the day week in, week out. Um, it's really odd right now where you can't really bank on getting a lot of production week in and week out from your lineups or certain players. So I think one thing you got to kind of really look forward as the season kind of progresses is play accordingly. Start looking for guys to kind of, you know, for the grind it out style in a sense. Look for a lot of those guys in situations that might get chances on, you know, teams that are kind of looking forward to next season or maybe trying to play out this season. So maybe try to land a running back or two, maybe down the depth chart, hoping that that guy's going to be get his kind of day to shine as the RB1 for a day or two because they seem to be more productive than these true RB1s are being right now, and actually more healthy as well. And you look at the receiver position, I think that you need to you need to start kind of valuing running backs and tight ends, particularly in waivers or anything moving forward over the receivers, because the receivers, other than that top-tier guy, just aren't producing it because this is enough you know, basis to really justify not going after the tight end or running back option that might be more worthy uh, of the guy to kind of want to have right now as the season progresses where it looks like it's going to be a physical football year and you got to kind of have players to kind of match that accordingly for the season. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I mean, this season's been just so bizarre on on the whole. Um, for my little 
take segment, and it's not necessarily a take, but I just kind of wanted to open the floor on this topic. What the hell are we supposed to do with Antonio Brown? <laughs> I cut him. I cut him. I mean, at this yeah. point, he's a hindrance to your playoff schedule. I mean, you're going to be playing at least one playoff game without him anyway. So, yeah. I mean, the Bucks have already talked about cutting him as well when he gets back. So, I, I just was proactive about it. Worst comes to worst, I'm going to be playing a field of – I'm going to be playing a narrow field to get him back. So, mm-hmm. at this point, I'd rather have somebody productive on my lineup. Yeah, I'm sitting in I, – I, I'm in the same spot. We kind of jumped ahead of where we're going to talk about some of our you know, roster you know, recommendations. Antonio Brown's reaching that place for me that I think it's time to move on and cut him. Uh, I thought the way that you could hold on to him was if you hoped maybe you were going to get that Detroit game. I think that's week 17 that maybe you get to production because – I'm not a person who likes to play guys their week, their first week back. So that Carolina game doesn't match up wonderful for him either. First game back, a defense is pretty decent. Is Antonio Brown going to be somebody you want to throw into your you know conference championship more than likely in a playoff scenario? If you made the playoffs and just be launching Antonio Brown out there, probably no. And then maybe following week, like I said, with Detroit. But then I look at him and having you're going to need at least a week or two. Are you going to be healthy? Or are you going to be still be on the rosters? You know, Justin kind of pointed out and not be on the team. So I can't think you can really take the chance unless you're so loaded right now. You're a team that has Cooper Cup and Leonard Fournette and Jonathan Taylor, and you, you're just sitting there <laughs> like back there like, you know what, I can have this guy on my bench. It's fine. Then maybe you can do that. Otherwise, I think it's time to move on. Yeah, that, that's kind of the way I've, I've been leaning as well. It's just such so difficult to do because of how he had started the season. Um, you know, hate doing it, but I, I think you guys are are unfortunately right. All right, Justin, you got a, a, a take or topic or, or whatnot for us? Uh, yeah. So my take is pretty much um, if you had any of the, the rookies, they're starting to come through for you. Um, one thing that, you know, you always kind of talk about is those second-half players. And it's really the time to start noticing the trend. Um, one thing to notice is Elijah Moore has been putting up double-digit fantasy numbers for the past, like, six weeks. So obviously you're not keeping him out of your roster. You know, Javante Williams is coming on. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown showed up last week. Does that mean you automatically put him in your lineup this week? You know, if you got like a week 14 and you know you're in the playoffs, maybe you, you know, play with the idea of putting him in and see if he produces. If he doesn't produce for you, you're still in the playoffs. But at least you have the knowledge without it being like a valuable game. So my take is pretty much just, start looking into these guys that have been really been taking placeholders on your bench and start to really evaluate whether you want to seriously put them in your roster going forward for the playoffs, because a lot of these guys will end up, you know, if they're going to end up on your bench, you know, what's the whole point of, you know, for some of us drafting them, you know, I mean, I know Elijah Moore was on the waiver wire for a little bit, but anybody who has Javante Williams draft him. There is not a sucker out there that dropped him. So, you know, it's really just time to start, you know, figuring out who's going to be your playoff guys and going with it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, guys. With that, um, you know, maybe I got a little ahead of myself, Antonio Brown. We can hit some waiver wire stuff. Um, Well, I'll throw another name out to you to build on the Antonio Brown thing just real quick as we kind of go through those questions. That's Calvin Ridley. I think it's time to move on from Calvin Ridley if you're, you've been still holding on to him. 
Now, unlike Antonio Brown, I don't know how you know, everybody's leagues everybody plays, and I know for myself, I play in ESPN. I couldn't put Antonio Brown on my IR because he's been suspended. I can't have Calvin Ridley on my, on my IR, so sometimes if you have an IR position, you know, maybe you still want to hold on to him. But even in that position, I think there's so many guys that are kind of banged up and running backs maybe you can add that are inactive on game day that maybe you want to add that position and use that <clears throat> versus having a Calvin Ridley on your team because this is another guy has been out for so long, it's going to take at least two weeks for this guy to be actually do something once he does return to practice. So I think this guy's time for you to kind of cut your losses and move up from Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I think that's another good one uh, to your point. <clears throat> but, again, with that, we can hit the the waiver wire. Um, I guess it's probably my time to go first. And with that, I got to say hmm, – here's a good one. Uh, I got to say, I think, Justin, this has been your guy as of late. Josh Reynolds is still available in your league. Mm-hmm. He's a really good ad. I see him available in a couple uh, redraft leagues still. He's kind of getting the volume that you want. I know we didn't have a, the best game in the world this past week. He had a solid game, I think four receptions, uh, 70 yards or so, uh, just no touchdown. So he got you like 10 points in PPR. Again, not bad, but not the best. But he's getting that volume that you want. So I, I would definitely, over some of these other guys, the Ridleys, the uh, the – Antonio Browns, I think he could be an option. Passes the eye test right now to, to me as well. Yeah. He, he, looks like, he looks like the best receiver out there for Detroit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's, I mean, he's 100% the best receiver out there. And it helps that he's already got the golf connection out there. So golf trusts him 100%. You know, I, I was, I kept this guy on my dynasty roster last year because I figured he'd go somewhere else and be a number two somewhere else because he's nothing special, but, you know, he, He's a good route runner, you know. He's steady-handed. He never really had touchdowns in um, LA, but that's kind of really the only thing that held him back from having really good games. Otherwise, he was always like a eight to ten point guy. So you know, if you're desperate, I mean, this week we're not going to have Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, a lot of guys. So if you're desperate and you need a wide receiver three or a flex, you know, there's probably a good eight to ten points right there. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to go with uh, – I don't know if he's all the way out there still, but uh, Donta Foreman um, coming in. He's got a matchup against the Jaguars. Uh, like I was just spewing out um, like a second ago, we got a lot of buys this week, and we got a lot of starting running backs on buy. So you need somebody to plug and play, and you might need somebody who could have a really good game. Uh, the Jaguars have been bleeding to the running back. Uh, Elijah Mitchell took him for 133 yards. Sony Michelle took him for another 100 yards last week. You know, this is – you don't have to be the greatest running back in the world to beat this defense. So, for me, I'm looking at somebody like a Dante Foreman, a Dontro Hilliard, and I'm saying, hey, that's an opportunity right there. They've got a really good matchup. And, you know, if I have Miles Sanders on – IR or not an IR on the bench because of a buy or Miles Gaskin on a buy. I'm gonna go shit. That's probably my points right there. So those are those two if they're available are my uh waiver wire pickup of the week. <clears throat> yeah, Justin is still one on mine and Dontrell Hiller because that's the guy I'm definitely I think if he's available, people might have forgot, you know, or are caught up in this you know, McNichols hype that McNichols is gonna somehow make him 
irrelevant moving forward. I wouldn't worry about that. I think Hillard's a guy that you definitely want to add. I think a guy you can have with great matchups for the rest of the you know your playoff stretch as well. So I think that's a guy that you're looking for. Um, I think if you're looking for under radar, the guy to kind of look to have add to your waiver is Mike Boone. Um, it's not guaranteed Melvin Gordon's going to be back anytime soon. He hurt his hip. This is something he's had, hit, you know, severe injuries in the past with his, his hip. So it is something I have some concerns about that he might not be Melvin Gordon back this year, or let's say Denver falls out of the playoff hunt and they kind of shut him down. I don't think Javante Williams is going to get the outrageous usage that he kind of did on, on, on Sunday night. I think the people hope that happens, but I wouldn't necessarily bank on it happen. Mike can look pretty good out there to me. This Denver offense looks like it wants to run the ball as much as possible. So I think it's a speculative guy that you can add to your team, maybe have you know, maybe pay off, and they have an awesome, awesome schedule going down the playoffs run. Um, I'll circle back in my, my second one. I'll go ahead and make a, uh, a dynasty ad. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey, not a, not a bad one. Now that he's finally getting some usage in new Orleans, especially if you've got, uh, again, deeper benches, uh, if you just want to kind of ride him out for a couple weeks and, you know, see where that takes you. Uh, I, I don't expect anything too crazy from him. However, he's got the size to be really good in the red zone. Um, and he's a young guy. So, ha- you know, just having him on your dynasty roster either um, throughout the offseason if you're kind of rebuilding or even as a, comp- a competitive team right now, just bringing him in for a couple weeks, see how that kind of shifts, um, you know, with whatever happens at quarterback for New Orleans. You know, how, how does his usage shift? Because, again, he has been really good in the red zone. Um, you know, he's not – and he has okay preseason as far as the Saints receivers go as well. Um, so, you know, in dynasty leagues, I'm going to go ahead and snag someone like him, uh, for the time being. Yeah. I didn't realize how big little Jordan Humphrey was. <laughs> yeah. His name's little. Little. He's six, four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I like that because, um, I, you guys know that Deontay Harris just got put on, um, suspension i guess because of the doi he got last summer so i think that's a great pickup right there and something that nobody's really thinking about right now is that saints offense because it's been just pretty horrific for the past couple weeks so Mm -hmm. i I totally agree with that one adam um so my other one's going to be uh kj osborne uh adam thielen is out right now um he got injured in the last game. So somebody's going to have to step up in that roster. And for last week, it was actually both KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin looked really good. So I'm going to roll with uh, maybe we start seeing the KJ Osborne we saw in the first three games. And if we do, that's going to be fantastic. Um, You know, he had four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown last week. So, you know, anytime you can get that out of a waiver wire guy, you should be absolutely ecstatic. So he's going to be my second waiver wire pickup of the week. Yeah, uh, that was some uh, someone that our guy Daniel had a question about. I uh, wanted to circle back, and I'll get to the rest of, of, of the commented questions uh, once we make it through the waiver wire. But, yeah, Osborne was one we were being asked about. So that's awesome. Yes, yeah, so my other guy that I think you should hopefully, you know, might be available in your league will be Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, although Justin just talked about kind of Saints offense and the afterthought of Saints offense, 
one thing that kind of stood out despite his inter- interceptions that he threw is Taysom Hill's going to run the ball. And you've seen Jalen Hurts' production this entire season. There's no reason Taysom Hill can't be that similar production for you, especially as Alvin Kamara gets more healthy. This offense actually looked competent in a sense with uh, where Sean Payton looked rejuvenated having Taysom Hill in a sense as his quarterback. It looked like he got kind of back to feeling and finding a rhythm for himself. I think the Saints offense can have some production, has a pretty easy schedule during the playoff stretch. I think Taysom Hill is a must-add if he's still available in your waiver wire. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, this is one we got it a couple minutes ago, but I kind of, again, wanted to wait through till we got through that. But I do think it's a really good discuss- discussion, and I want to talk about it. What are we doing with DK Metcalf? Uh, his performance is has been incredibly frustrating. Uh, and really, I think you could – more or less throw in just the Seattle offense into that, uh, that. So kind of what's your thought? Cause I feel like we've been saying, you know, start your studs for, for a little bit. And with him, it's starting to get to a point where can you continue to do that? I mean, I liked what he did against San Francisco. I don't like what he did against San Francisco, <laughs> but he did put in some good work. He got 11 points last week. Um, you know, this is a matchup in Houston where I'm not even so sure that the Seattle running backs will be able to take advantage of it. So they're going to have to try and score somewhere. And I'm not even going to discount Houston putting up points in this game. So I'm going to say, yes, 100%. If he messes up in this game, then it's really time to reconsider his value for the rest of the season. But I think this is going to be a good game for DK Metcalf. So I wouldn't take him out of your lineup just yet. What do you guys think? You, yeah, I've been beating on this drum, for, you know, for the last couple of weeks. I think uh, Daniel might ask this question about DK before. I think you have to keep playing this guy. I think you drafted him to play him. I don't think there's a whole lot of other guys that you can have available to maybe on your roster or on a waiver wire right now that are going to give you more hope, upside or more hope than DK Metcalf can give you in your lineup. So to me, you might have to settle for you're not getting what you quite want or what you expect to get a DK Metcalf, but I think you have to start him because what other guys are going to be able to give to you what DK Metcalf can. What you're just hoping for mostly is Russell Wilson stops being completely awful and can start actually throwing a ball, which he did a little bit better against San Francisco. And I think what Justin kind of pointed out, DK didn't look too bad. It wasn't two catches or 29 yards, and it wasn't all the balls thrown out of bounds again. So you do have some hope DK Metcalf can have better days again. And the Seattle offense also has a very nice schedule coming up. So as Houston kind of comes up this week, I think to myself, I'm going to play DK Metcalf all day, every day that I can, um, as long as I, unless I have somebody basically hand given to me like Deontay Johnson or man, uh, not feeling just Jefferson. I don't really know who you actually are going to think you're going to throw in your lineup. Who's going to be giving you what DK can right now either. Where he, here's a good, um, here's a good one. Van Jefferson in your lineup. Or, or DK? Right now, for me, I'm still putting DK in my lineup. Yeah, I'll, I'll use DK. I okay. love Dave Jefferson. I think he's got a nice thing, and I might try to figure out if I can figure out how to get him in here somewhere else in my lineup. Um, and hopefully you have a really good team that you can have Van Jefferson or DK as your choices. But for me, I think more than likely you're going to be in a situation you're probably trying to play both of them right now where injuries are um, for most teams. Yeah, the and also the emergence of kind of like this little emergence of Odell is kind of like putting it to more into perspective of where Van's going to be on the pecking order for me. Um, 
you know, for me, he's still the number three. So, I mean, am I going to take the number one B or one A, whatever you want to call him in Seattle receiver, or am I going to take the, the number three? I, I think I'll stick with um, DK in that one. I got one for you guys. Old Miss, a former Old Miss alums, DK Elijah Moore. Who are you going to roll with? Me? I'm still going DK. I, I, I think you, you can pretty much ask me or anybody. I'm still going DK. I trust Zach. DK Zach or Wilson. Justin Jefferson? <laughs> I trust well, Zach Jefferson, obviously. Yeah. I trust Zach Wilson almost as much as I trust Russell Wilson at this point. And in that, not very not much at all. At all. Yeah. Um, that being said, I trust Russell Wilson getting back the form more than I do the complete offensive shift of the Jets. So I guess I would probably still have to go DK, but I don't know. That hurts. I don't know. <laughs> Again, like you said, I think if he can't do it against the Texans, then I, I'm scratching it for the year. But Yeah. I think I would go more on that one just because I've seen more in this past like stretch of games. And then last week was kind of like a, a shining moment because finally it looked like Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson could have a big game together. And I was like, oh, it's not just Mike White and Joe Flacco that make him good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't know. It will be a close one, but right now I'm leaning towards Elijah Moore. My big concern with the Jets' offense and relying on it in general is that I that was definitely, to me at least, Zach Wilson's best game, and I thought he looked good. However, I don't feel like he's to the point of putting a full game together. It's like a half here, a quarter, two here. It's like not a full good game. And I, I'm scared that if Elijah Moore doesn't get heavily involved in that good half, then it's just not going to be good. That's fair. So again, the Russell Wilson's been about the same recently. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and the thing with uh, Seattle was they really did a lot better when the only starting corner that the 49ers had went out. So, I mean, at least from what I saw in the game, when Mosley went out, that's when DK really like started taking advantage of the corners on the other side because he had to face Lenore and Norman every once in a while. Whereas whenever Mosley was on the field, he was shadowing DK, which you would think, oh, dude, this is like a 5'9", 5'10", guy against a 6'4", guy. But for some reason, it actually works. Like every almost every single game, they put him there for a reason because for some reason, he, he can maneuver around DK Metcalf and make it almost impossible for him to get a catch. But once they put Norman on him and once they put Lenore on him, it was just game over. They couldn't stop anything at that point. <clears throat> All right. Um, I feel like I just need a whole game recap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With all, with all that, we can move back over to the transaction and hit our, our drops. We've kind of hit on a couple guys um, in the guys who are Antonio Brown and Ridley suspended and on leave. Um, who are some of the other guys you, you were dropping? I think if you're in a desperation roster spot or you look, some guys are pretty enticing on the waiver wire, like a Hillier, like we talked about, or a Foreman. Um, I think it's it's going to be time to move on um, from some of the different guys that, you know, that aren't producing at your backup running back positions. 
So I think that you're going to start looking at some of those guys that just aren't doing anything for you or have gotten opportunities to kind of play and see is there anybody out there that maybe you want to kind of add, you know, a better player option or a better option that might have more of a pathway to production or playing time, um, I think, at the end of that bench or end of your running back position. Are, are you on board with dropping Cortland Sutton yet? Yeah, thousand percent. Already done it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. Sad, sad day, but yes. Um, I mean, it's Detroit, so you get excited. You still have hope. I would hope that there's two things that just bothered me this year: Arthur Smith and Pat Shermer being as awful coordinators as they both have been. Pat Shermer, this guy I defended in New York, this guy I liked in Minnesota. I don't know what happened to his passing game, but like I said, this team, this Denver offense just looks so much like Pittsburgh at the end of the season last year. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah. It really does. Uh, Justin, do you have anyone that you are you think needs to be off of rosters at this point? Yeah, and I hate it because it's somebody I – was like gung ho about getting on your roster. Um, it, it's time to say goodbye to Rashad Bateman until he can really produce. Yeah, I was gonna say the same one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, the guy has had decent games, but unless he's ever going to get targeted where it really matters, there's really no point to having him on your roster. He's just kind of taking up space. I mean, I've put him in a couple lineups and just it's been very disappointing. So if if you got if you got the chance to go out and get somebody who can actually score touchdowns like a KJ Osborne or a Dante Foreman, yeah, just just get rid of Bateman. Um, I don't really know that I, I can think of anyone who's just a a bona fide drop at this point. Well, I'll, I'll throw one out at you, Adam, while you're looking okay. or thinking about it. Um, I'll give you a name about kind of what I was describing. I think if you're still rostering an Alex Collins on your team, yes. I mean, Alex Collins is a guy you can just go ahead and look for a better option if there's one out there on the waiver wire. I think this is a guy that you can necessarily going to expect that's going to have that opportunity he had earlier in the year or get back to that place because this running back position is just too, you know, puzzling, and that's offense in general is just too puzzling to even consider really going back to right now. How do you guys feel about Corey Davis? He's somebody I've been teetering with getting rid of. Well, he's out for the season, right? Yeah, I think he is now. I think is he's he? on IR today. He's out for the season, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes that decision easy in redraft. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, here, Here's a name kind of uh, – to your echelon of guys you've been talking about, Chris, of getting rid of some some of the mediocre receivers and getting some guys on waivers. What about guys that have Christian Kirk on the roster still? I think that's a good one to uh, go ahead and redraft, just dump. Um, you know, I think he's had some good boom and bust games. I know Kyler coming back soon increases value a little bit, but uh, can you consistently trust him in the playoffs? I don't think so. So I, I think you would want to switch him out for someone else. That's a great point. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with that one. And, and to your point, can you trust him in the playoffs is the, the key there. No. You can't trust that he's going to have any consistency 
So it's just kind of time to just cut bait with it and go out and get somebody you know is going to be playing. Or at, at least, least I know Laquan Treadwell is getting me my 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> Until so, Jacksonville finds another Jamal Agnew on their practice squad of corners. <laughs> listen, you know, my theme of the season has been finding some dumb, random Jacksonville Jaguars rejects. It's getting 10 points a week. I love it. <laughs> it's it's the best for you. Still not Chenault somehow. That I, I don't. <laughs> he, he, might be some, he might be a guy who might need to jump, jump, um, jump or drop if you still have him on your team. I should say. Yeah, somehow because he might even be below Tavon. Like Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over fifty years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. If Treadwell gets hurt, Tavon Austin's going to come up, and he's going to be the next guy that gets 10 a game. I'm pretty um, sure Urban Meyer just spins a wheel and goes with whoever's on that wheel. <laughs> oh, Laquan Treadwell's going and, and, then, and, and, then blames, and then blames the coaches for doing it. Yes. He's, for, he's like, for oh, that was their fault. Yes. That was Bernie <laughs> Farmley. I, didn't know, I, didn't know, I, I don't control my team. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that whole situation's a mess. I don't know how you could continue with him. Um, I just but control my right. I just thought that was the most Urban Meyer answer you could possibly give him. Like Urban Meyer is the, the course it's a kind of answer. He's always I don't know anybody anything. I don't see anything. I'm never around for anything. Like yeah, that's why he's out of three or four different jobs already because he just gets out of dodge before they could tie the connect all the dots to him real quick. Hear no evil, see no evil. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense how he's not seeing anything. I'm, Considering he just will, you know, like go home before the team plane leaves. Like he'll just go on, go home yeah. alone. And it, like, I'm sorry, really I'm busy getting lap dances team, during this game. My 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 running back coach takes care of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Got time for that? He's too busy looking at the ground during the game, and then after the game, yeah. he's out. So <laughs> looking at his shoes like a, a kid that's getting yelled at by their parents. Um, <laughs> but I that's digress. pretty athletic. Direct. Problem. <laughs> Urban, you're not at college anymore. This is the pros. Oh shit! Who do I play now? Um, <laughs> so one last transactional piece. Uh, I guess here's a question: Are any of your leagues still in trading? Like, are we still are we still doing the trading, or are we we done with that? Because I don't. I think we're past. The most people. Most people are that. done. Some people have it yeah. to the playoffs, but I think a lot of them are done by now. Yeah, so if there's anyone you want to throw out for those few guys that still can trade, um, feel free. But I haven't really even looked into it because none of my leagues are, are trading at this point. Yeah. 
I think the only leagues that I'm in are a trade and maybe you do this too, Adam. Like, do you ever pay in advance in dynasty leagues? And they usually keep the trading w- window open all year long if you paid like two years in advance because they expect you to be back. Oh, I yeah. thought Justin was talking about paying off people just to trade you people. Like, <laughs> do you ever just pay players and people ahead so just give you their good players when they're not going to make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I do that. Did you find out my Venmo scheme? <laughs> I don't know, Justin, but that would have been a brilliant scheme. I thought you were about telling us about, like, so, yeah, pay my guys off and then you know, make sure I get the players kicked back to me when I'm making the playoffs. But that's what, it, what comes in handy. I call it playoff insurance. Everybody needs it. Who <laughs> needs some playoff insurance? My Mahomes team needs playoff insurance Ooh. bad. Um. <laughs> All right, so since since we're good on the trades, uh, we're going to go ahead and get a word from our sponsor. Afterwards, we'll go ahead and hit some of the – some previews of the big games coming up uh, this upcoming week. But again, first is a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. I love it. I love the, the Christmas music I, in the back. I just want Manscaped to actually consider making Dan their official spokesman because I think we all agree he does a kick-ass job with those, those commercials. They do. Again, like I said, the, the Christmas music behind it just really pulled it all together for me. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, so our first game that we're going to go ahead and hit um, <clears throat> will be the Thursday night game. Pittsburgh, Minnesota, uh, an offensive shootout uh, that I think is what we're expecting for sure. Um, but in reality, is a, a question worth pointing out? Is the Pittsburgh offense kind of, you know, the offense that actually did look okay uh, in the fourth quarter or uh, the offense kind of before that um, and for the rest of the season? So what, what Pittsburgh kind of do you expect? going into this game and what Minnesota do we expect going into this game? Because of course they've been, I, I feel like they've been that for, for the Kirk cousins era, but one of the most tipsy turvy franchises in the last three, four, the charges five of the Midwest. Years. Yes. So first and foremost, which of the, these two teams, which versions of both of them are we getting? <laughs> Chris. 
Well, I think it's one of the one of the interesting things. You saw this, you know, Pittsburgh offense kind of go back to what they did, revert back to what they did a lot last year, which was let Ben Roethlisberger just throw the ball all the time and his dink and dunks and kind of go no huddle or muddle huddle, I should say. Quick pace, quick throws. Uh, let Ben kind of just read what he saw and kind of react accordingly. Um, and their offense kind of seemed to get back on track. Deontay Johnson actually was productive, had done nothing until that fourth quarter, and suddenly just became unstoppable almost. Um, this offense in general has kind of had a, a jump start. There's a lot of talk about that after the game. You know, not a lot of you know, offensive guys kind of trying to say, watch your PCQs in a sense, saying not just like the offensive coordinator, but it just looks, it feels better when Ben just gets to kind of get, get up there, call a play, and keep it going. So it's going to be interesting to see will they kind of be able to do that because this Minnesota defense has been really poor most of the season. And when we've seen Pittsburgh kind of be a, you know, good offensively, quote unquote, has been games like last week or didn't like last week, the Chargers game. So the game where it has been featuring kind of Ben, who's done, but actually helps the offense when they actually kind of let put the ball in his hands in a sense and let him kind of get the you know plays off. So I think if you're going to see that offense, uh, I think that you're going to have a, a chance where you can see multiple guys be effective in an offense. If not, which I think it's going to probably not going to be, I think these two coaches can't help themselves, Mike Zimmer and Mike Tomlin, where if it could be an ugly game to be played, they're about to play one. So I think that's where I wouldn't trust necessarily, but I do think there's a hope that maybe there's something less to be learned at the end of last week's game. Yeah, I, I think I share your sentiments exactly. I think my brain thinks that the coaches are going to do the dumb thing and they're going to play the ugly game, but my heart just really wants them to do what I know. Like these offenses both can do things when they're used in the right way. Now, the Ben offense is still ugly, kind of no matter which way you put it, but it can be somewhat effective, at least for fantasy purposes. Um, you know, it it may not, not look the best, but numbers can be put up. Ben is a very, very physically limited quarterback, but he's not dumb. Uh, he does know his football. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that they can both benefit from utilizing the pass a little bit more. I Definitely do not think that either will happen. <laughs> Much more than they already have, at least. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think that we're kind of like in the middle. You know, I don't, I don't think the Steelers are nearly the offense we saw in the fourth quarter, but I didn't think they were nearly as bad as the previous games, too. So, you know, I think that <clears throat> every once in a while, Ben will pull something out of the hat and he'll have a good game like he did or a good quarter like he did last time or last week. But um, to be honest with you, I I think this will be like you guys said, it'll just be kind of like a, a slobber knock or a real like kind of like just defensive brawl type of game. <clears throat> and I honestly, I, I wish that that this team, this Vikings team, would just absolutely start unleashing Justin Jefferson more. Like, when they do, he absolutely shreds defenses just all by himself. Yeah. He is he is that damn good, and it takes, you know, maybe like every other game just to see, like, how elite he is. Like, you know, last week, you know, you can pin it as being the Lions, but at the same time, like, how much separation he was getting just off of the break was just freaking insane. I mean, this guy was beating Lions defenders left and right. Um, and then on the other side, like you said, Deontay Johnson, he came alive in the fourth quarter, always a PPR machine. 
it's kind of kind of be like, you know, who else is going to be good? Because we know that those two are going to be good. Is Cousins going to show up? Is Roethlisberger going to have a QB2 okay game for Superflex? And then, you know, on the other hand, Najee's had up, up and down weeks. You've always started him, but, you know, what's what's he going to show this week? So <clears throat> I, I feel like there's way too many questions outside of those, like, two key guys, Johnson and uh, Jefferson. Well, but. here's one that I find really interesting. So Dalvin Cook was a limited participant today, uh, Had been has been kind of classified as day-to-day for the last little bit. Um, with a limited participant today, it's not – really out of the picture that he could be active come this weekend. But, you know, the last time that we, we've seen this already this season, when he came back in after missing a couple weeks, uh, it was kind of a 50-50 and they were letting, you know, Madison was more of the guy than, uh, than Cook was, you know, letting him get readjust. If Cook makes it back this week, what do you do with Cook? What do you do with Madison? Um, if if Cook is back this week, I think you got to play him because, you know, he you drafted him between picks one and five for a reason, you know, for this long haul. You know, you think he's going to get you in the playoffs, and you think he's going to win you some games in the playoffs. So you got to play him. Um, that being said, I don't think that Madison is a bad play. I mean, we saw with uh, the Forty Nine er game, Madison actually came out with more fantasy points to give with the touchdown, you know? So <clears throat> I don't think he's a terrible play in this one, um, but I'm a hundred percent locking and loading Dalvin cook. If he ends up playing, because this guy is, I mean, he's just a, such a tough SOB that, you know, he he'll go if he can. And I'll have faith that he's going to like put some numbers up if he's out on the field. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. What about you, Chris? <sighs> Yeah, I think that if my playoffs are on the line, I don't want to play Dalvin Cook as much as I'm excited to and, and hope to want to. But I think I, – I just feel like there's a guy that should have had a multiple-week injury. Now is day-to-day, comes back on a short week. I just feel like you, we saw this kind of show a little bit earlier in the season. You kind of pointed it out where he came back and wound up, you know, kind of splitting time and re-injuring himself again. Um, it's It's been – it's – for myself, I'm usually err on, on the cautious side when it comes off the injuries. So I would want to start Dalvin Cook. I would start Madison um, because I do think that this defense on Pittsburgh is terrible, despite what we saw kind of the Ravens play down to. And I do think that both teams can play down to each other. Having said that, I think Madison is going to be somebody who's been heavily involved in this offense, particularly if Adam Thielen is not out there. Um, I think this is going to be something that you're kind of looking for, Madison to be a guy that you can play but Dalvin Cook's a guy that I'd just be too worried about, you know, having a, almost a Cooper situation like this past Thursday um, where you get a guy who's just too limited to guarantee you're going to get anything out of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree. Um, I, I have a lot of apprehension towards putting Cook in my lineup, back into my lineup, especially after, the, you know, some of these other times putting him back in. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm going to hold on be cautious about it. That being said, if he's active next weekend, I'm playing him without a doubt. And I, we kind of talked on this a little bit earlier with the waiver thing. Do you think Osborne's going to be the one to step up 
uh, with Thielen out, or is that going to be a mix of him and Conklin? Can you really predict it? Kind of, I don't know. Like, how do, how do we feel there? Yeah, so for myself, I think it's something you can't really predict, although it's a great matchup on paper and you really like to have a second receiver to throw at that <laughs> Pittsburgh defense. I think it's kind of what we've seen this whole season. That that second fiddle or the third fiddle had the most season is so hard to predict. It can be Conklin depending on the matchups. It could be, you know, Osborne, or it could be somebody like a D.D. Westbrook that kind of steps up for the week or B.C. Johnson. I think the Vikings are kind of just going whoever has the best matchup and kind of featuring that player, not necessarily a player in particular who's getting a chance to step up. Yeah, I agree with a point. I believe it's just going to be – it's going to be unpredictable between whether it's going to be Conklin or Osborne. I'm not going to put too much weight on uh, D.D. Westbrook making too big of an impact in this game. I mean, I know he can, <clears throat> but my picks would be either Conklin or Osborne. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended the way it did in last week's game where it was kind of like an even split points-wise, but one guy got the touchdown and kind of – tossed them over as far as like uh, value goes. So, you know, I think that could easily be Conklin this week, but at the same point, I think it same way, you know, yeah, <clears throat> just up in the air. <laughs> um, moving on to the next game, Raiders at Kansas city. <sighs> what do we do with the, the KC guys? This has been, there's a couple offenses like this. Uh, you know, we've, and we've talked about most of them tonight. So Seattle um, is one of them. Uh, wh- like, what do we do with the guys from, from this team who, you know, we thought was going to be a lot more explosive and, you know, as of late, they've just not been it at all. Like, can you bench Mahomes? Can you bench probably not Tyreek, especially in PPR, but maybe in, in standard, maybe. Like, what what are we doing with these guys? Because they are holding playoff teams back um, right now. Yeah, I think it's a given that you're not going to get the Chiefs offense that you expected to get this season now. I think that's kind of official. Uh, Andy Reid's by magic, although they won, did not look to rub off in any kind of capacity on the offense. Patrick Holmes still looked like he doesn't know how to play consistent quarterback. Tiger Hill, like I said earlier, is still fighting the ball. Travis Kelsey used to be a superstar who actually got down the field more than four yards. I don't know what happened to his involvement in this offense. Um, and then we used to always try to figure out who that second receiver was going to be that you want to get your hands on. Was it going to be Robinson, Harbin, or Pringle? It doesn't matter because none of them are going to get the ball. So I think right now that Chiefs offense is something that you're really definitely down on. Having said that, this is not the week – I think to bench any of those guys because the one elixir that they have had offensively over the last, you know, six to seven weeks now has been this Las Vegas Raiders offense or was all Las Vegas defense. They've been able to kind of move the ball. Patrick Mahomes had his last decent game versus them. Harry killed it well. Travis Kelsey has been historically awesome against them and did well last game as well. So I think this is the game where you get to kind of enjoy it while you can in the last of the season. Still think you have to play those guys. I just think you just got to kind of realize you're just going to get another guy in your lineup kind of versus what you thought you had in your lineup. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with that one. Um, this is kind of like how Seattle is with San Francisco. They just – you could be playing absolutely terrible ball, but it, for some reason that one matchup is like magic for these guys. And the Chiefs are 100% they walk over the Raiders – 
99% of the time. Um, and if they don't, then it's always a high-scoring game anyways. Um, one guy I would say, plug him in and play, and that's based off of Antonio Gibson's performance uh, last week is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, he looks like he's healthy, and he looks like he's getting a lot more involved in this offense, even with the presence of Daryl Williams. Um, they're getting him passes. They're getting him a good share of rushing yards. Um, so I would definitely plug him in, and you know he should be – a, easily a flex in your lineup, if not being able to be an RB2. <clears throat> and then on the flip side, I want to get uh, this out. Do you guys trust anybody other than Hunter Renfro if Darren Wall is out? I mean, Josh Jacobs, but I'm talking about receiving. Do you trust passing game. Else? I think that maybe you can make an argument that you get the island of you know Renault in your lineup if you possible. He didn't do anything this past week, but the previous week he had started. He had had seven, six, six or seven catches, I believe, with seventy yards. Um, somebody needs to be involved in that passing game, so I think you can make the argument that you could play him. But I think that's really difficult, especially after Deshaun Jackson's kind of debacle versus Washington last week. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna be in the business of predicting stuff and on that team right now. To be honest with you. Uh, unless I'm really desperate, I'm just going to go ahead and um, run for over nothing. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen a guy that throw the ball more but have such limited upside? And I mean by that is, like, look at Derek Carr, and a guy just throws ball after ball, and he seems he has a volume there week in, week out. But he can never get multiple touchdown passes for, like, the life of him. It's like two touchdowns at the max he might get. You get, like, four touchdowns out of him, it'd be a miracle. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to do with any Raiders. I mean, you're absolutely right, Chris. I have, we were talking about, I have Derek Carr on one of my teams, and I'm like, I thought I had a steal here, and I was like, what the fudge, man? Like, because he doesn't, he doesn't, he hasn't had more than two touchdowns this entire season. He has 300 games, 300 yard games when he has one touchdown. So it's like, well, what the hell was that? Like, you could have used a two touchdown game. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like receiving court. It's it's just like they do all the wrong things. Like they they figure out the formula against Dallas, and then they totally screw it up against Washington. Like that's a downgrade in defense going to Washington. How did you screw it up? Like they only targeted Deshaun Watson one time, and it was for 14 yards. They didn't even throw him one deep ball. It's like come on, man. They were throwing the deep ball to the tight end who runs a four six. Come on, man. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm with you guys. I can only really trust Renfro on this this team. He's the only yeah. one who's gonna get six to eight targets or more targets, but six to eight receptions. Yeah, <clears throat> pretty much. Car and Superflex, uh, Renfro and Jacobs, and otherwise, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I will say, for speculative purposes, keep your eye on. Jalen Richard and Peyton Barber because we know Jacobs has been injured a lot this season, and you know that you know Drake's out now. So one of those two guys could be kind of a steal if you fall on your hands. Um, a next up game, Buffalo at Tampa Bay. This one looks like it should actually be a, a, a fun offensive game with a lot of points scored, which means that it will not be Buffalo. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not at Buffalo. 
<laughs> um, but since everything points towards it being a shootout or at least being a higher scoring game, of course it'll be yeah, seventeen <laughs> thirteen or something. Um, yeah. Uh, but do you you expect Tampa Bay to play offense like they did versus Atlanta or or like they did Washington because this offense has the potential, especially when the Chiefs are playing the way that they currently are, has the potential to be the most explosive offense in the league. But also they can put up duds, apparently. <laughs> so, you know, and that's been, I mean, we've said that with a lot of these teams, like which team are we going to get? That's been a lot of them. There hasn't really been a lot of consistent teams week to week uh, this season. And kind of, Chris, to your theme, you know, 30, 40 minutes ago, just been a weird season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really weird season. But do you, can we expect to see the good Bucks offense this week, or, or are you? I mean, you're obviously not. You're playing your guys. I don't, you know, th- I think that's a given. But are you playing them with apprehension, or are you like playing them and being fully confident they're going to get like their most, more than likely going to hit their projected numbers if not exceed them? I think I, I'm. Go ahead, Ted Dustin. Oh yeah. Uh, I think we could probably just expect to, you know, somebody's going to probably hit over their projected numbers. Um, I don't expect everybody to feast in this game. Um, I would assume that, you know, maybe Fournette has a good pass catching game in this one. Um, I could think that Godwin will probably Godwin or Evans. I can't really even choose which one, to be honest, whoever doesn't draw Taron Johnson, is going to have the better game because um, at this point they literally seem to me like they're both the one A's. Like there's no one A, one B because they're both just absolutely dominant forces in this offense. Um, and Gronk eats, of course. I, I don't oh. think there's any question mark there. Yeah, Gronk eats against anybody. That's I mean, yeah, he's against just anyone, a- and he he is the one where whenever he's been healthy, he hasn't been consistently healthy. But when he's out there, he is probably the most consistent option on the Bucks offense. That's it. You, <laughs> you nailed it right on the head. Like, he just smashes through everybody. Gronk smash through everybody. <laughs> Gronk catch, <laughs> Gronk smash, Gronk spike. <laughs> Gronk spike. Uh, but, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm kind of at. Whoever doesn't draw Johnson will probably have the better game. Um, that being said, I think they both could have a decent game against Johnson. You know, he's not a world beater corner. He's a very good corner, but he's not Tredavious White. Right. You know, this game would have been a, a lot different if Trey White was in there. And um, so that's where I'm saying on the Buff are on the Buck side. On the Buffalo side, I could see this being a very good game for Stefan Diggs, but I've said that about other games for Stefan Diggs. So I'm kind of in a loop with how much I trust him nowadays, you know, like obviously you play him because you spend enough capital on him, but you know, I don't, at this point, I don't think I can say for sure. Stefan Diggs is going to hit his projected number. Um, Josh Allen, you would think that he would have a good day against the secondary. And I mean, I'm going to play him anyways. Uh, I don't want any part of the running back situation over there. Even if Matt Breida shines, I will gladly say, oh, I missed out on Matt Breida. Um, Is there anyone on Buffalo outside of Knox, Diggs, and Allen that you would play, even consider playing? 
Maybe Gabriel Davis in a deep, deep league. Maybe. But no. I mean, outside of really outside of those guys, I have no confidence that anybody's going to hit the projected numbers. Like I said, if it was a dart throw, I'd say Gabriel Davis, but that's it. How are you, Chris? You feeling anyone over there? Yeah, so if, if I throw a dart throw for Buffalo, I would go Cole Beasley is the guy that I think that you can have some uh, – these have a floor, especially in PPR leagues. The guy's going to probably be involved in this game. I think that when it comes to the question about these offenses, it's one of the more fascinating things it's going to be because if they play until they're, you know, like they're supposed to, quote-unquote, Tampa Bay, how they did last week against Tampa Bay, had a fast, you know, no huddle. They were going – throwing the ball constantly. Now, Buffalo team loves to go fast pace as well, loves to throw the ball. There's a chance this game could be extremely high scoring and have lots of plays you know, involved in both offenses, and everybody kind of has a chance to eat. Um, we haven't really got to see an, an offense, a, a game like that most of the season. So for fantasy fans, I hope we get the you know what we got for last year, for last week for Tampa Bay. But I think overall what you're looking for is probably a little more balance. You did see them be able to run the ball. I mean, they passed the ball three times versus the Buffalo defense. So, obviously, Leonard Fournette can't be effective versus them. They can get physical if they need to. I think you're going to need to see the nice happy mixture. You probably won't get the, quite the upside I'm hoping for, the, you know, a 45 to 40 game. But I think you're going to settle for like maybe a 30s, uh, middle 30s game for both offenses. And therefore, I think you're going to have enough for debate definitely to eat. And you can probably play, you know, consider Tom Brady one of the better quarterbacks to have in your lineup. Um, and I still think that Josh Allen should be able to kind of have a good floor and have a pretty good ceiling as well while he's kind of been all over the place. Uh, Tampa Bay kind of plays into their hands a lot of ways. One, they blitz a lot, and they like to kind of um, play a lot of man behind that. Josh Allen can actually do well against that. He kind of struggles more for, like, you know, pushing the ball and being accurate. So this actually might play into his hands in some capacities. You can talk about Diggs. This is a game where I'd be extremely excited to play Diggs. This is one defense, even if Davis comes back healthy and plays, they're going to really struggle with this kind of receiver, and they have this entire season. So I think Stephon Diggs is one of the guys you definitely can trust. Knox is a guy you probably play. Like I said, Cole Beasley is that guy that you may forget about. But in a game like this, where I expect it to kind of be higher scoring, Buffalo doesn't run the ball consistently enough. They're not going to do versus Tampa Bay all of a sudden. So Cole Beasley is kind of their you know, de facto running game. Um, yeah, I definitely agree because the Buffalo rushing offense is awful. Um, moving on to Sunday night, Chicago at Green Bay. Not sure who's going to be starting for Chicago, but does that matter? Does that, what does that change? Is it, I mean, Mooney, does that change what, how you think about, feel about Mooney? Uh, anyone else? Yeah, how does that kind of impact your evaluation of the other guys on the Chicago offense? Because I would feel like, again, I think Mooney is one that, you know, maybe it changes, but outside of him, I don't – I mean, outside of the running back in Mooney, I don't really even know who you're playing for Chicago. Yeah, I think the, one, the, the two things that jump out to me is if Andy Dalton is still the starter, Dave Montgomery's passing game opportunity mm-hmm. definitely yes. significantly increases – so if you're in a point, point, point or half-point PPR league, Dave Montgomery's outcome definitely changes depending on the quarterback is. Uh, I don't think Mooney changes a whole lot because he seems to be the primary read for both these guys. He's going to be all over the place. He's going to probably be their primary number receiver one no matter who it is. 
Um, and you're going to kind of have that fluctuation in volume no matter who it is, similar to what we, ha- we have had. But the one guy, the guy who might see a little bit of change, I think, might be Clement. Um, I think that you might see him lose a little less with fields and maybe a little less consistent. Where Adol, I think he has a bit better of a floor. You just kind of trust there's going to be a little more volume in that passing game overall. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, also, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, do you think this is more of a situation like that game that we talked about earlier when Dalvin Cook came back, you know, had the one week where he probably got rushed back a little bit quicker than he should have, um, didn't look that great, but then that um, when he did finally come back later when they actually gave him the proper amount of time, uh, you know, he was actually himself and played well. So you think this is going to kind of be a situation where, you know, with the buy, Aaron Jones is going to be Aaron Jones? Or do you think this is a situation where, you know, that split that we kind of last saw them at where A.J. Dillon was really the back that you wanted, uh, is that going to kind of be what prevails here? Uh, you know, I guess going into this game, who do you – like which one of these guys do you play? Are both playable? What, what, what are our thoughts there? Yeah, I think both are playable. Um, this could definitely be a game where they try and get Aaron Jones back and get into this offense. Um, you know, you saw it earlier in the year where I think it was his, what, four or five touchdown game where they just featured him the entire game. I think this is one of those games where they'll try and do that. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, they'll turn to A.J. Dillon. Um for them, they need to kind of get this offense in the playoff mode. They need to get them back solidified in kicking and doing what they do best, and that's running the ball and then using the passing game as kind of like a secondary measure. But knowing that it's in Aaron Rodgers' hands, he'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's my take on Aaron Jones. I think that, you know, he either they're going to try and get him heavily involved and he either is going to succeed or he's not. And that'll probably dictate the future, really, of what A.J. Dillon's going to be going forward. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree. I think they're both playable. Uh, I, I think, I mean, given a little bit more time to heal up, uh, in all likelihood, the floor here for for uh, Aaron Jones is that maybe he suffers a little bit in standard but still holds up in PPR because that does still seem to be who's favored coming out of the backfield. Now, throughout the season, A.J. Dillon's been a bit of a better runner. Uh, you know, obviously, especially with the injury. Um, so I, I think his role will persist uh, kind of regardless of what happens. But Aaron Jones, worst case, should still keep a valuable role. And obviously, best case could return to being uh, kind of really that same split that him and uh, the other back there, uh, Jamal Williams, had, yeah, had last season um, where, you know, Jamal Williams – was a flexible option at times and probably wasn't playing as well as AJ Dillon is right now, but Aaron Jones is still essentially a workhorse. Chris, yeah, I think, you, I think you could play both these guys. Um, my only caveat that I'm a bit, I'll be a little bit worried about is, is you have two of the slower paced offenses in the NFL playing each other. So with two teams that love to run the ball as well, there's a chance that this clock could just be through and neither all, you know, these running backs aren't running enough touches to be productive. But you would expect that overall, Chicago's defense isn't the typical Bears defense that it used to be. You saw James Conner have a pretty good game last week. You expect that for Green Bay, I think Randall Cobb's still injured and might be out. I'm not sure for how long he's out. 
but you really have very few playmakers on this offense. And hopefully Green Bay spent the buy figuring out how to use both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon because that's your best chance to be effective on offense. And I think that's what you have to kind of bank on as a fantasy owner this week, that you can play both those guys for Chicago. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers owns you, Chicago, just to remind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Appreciate the reminders. That's absolutely correct. Um, all right, so our, our final game that we're going to really highlight here is the L.A. Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and this is one that we've kind of danced around a little bit tonight, but let, let's just get straight at it. What are we doing with the Rams wide receivers? Obviously, like, just ignore Cooper Cup. Just that spot's filled. We're good there. All right, we know that he's a play. What are we doing with Odell? What are we doing with Van Jefferson? Which one of them is above the other and all, all three of them playable? We know one is. We know likely a second one is going to get the volume because the op- volume is there. But which one second on the poll and are all three just playable anyways? Yeah, I, I think for myself, but this week is a week that I'm super excited of. I'm, I'm a, one of those owners of the Rams receivers. I think you can play all three of these guys. It's an awesome matchup. You have two teams that are you know, opposite, like that we talked about, that love to have pace, love to get plays, gives you opportunity for all your receivers to kind of eat. And the guy who I'd have over each other, I think right now I go, I know Beckham had the bigger game overall, but I still go Van Jefferson. He's been the most consistent. He was a guy who was kind of fighting Robert Woods, you know, this whole season for kind of being the number two receiver. I don't think OBJ has leapfrogged him yet. I think Matt Jefferson's still the guy that I think is number two in his offense overall, or he's even passing game, we should say. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with Chris. I think you can play every single one of those receivers, and you'll probably be fine. Um and you got to remember, if you're playing Van Jefferson or Odell, you're probably playing them in like a flex wide receiver three position. So it's not like a super huge decision right here. But it is a juicy matchup. Like Chris said, two fast-paced offenses that just like to, to throw the ball around. Um, so for me, I think that Van Jefferson offers the best floor for you. Um, but Odell could offer the best ceiling for you as far as that goes. Uh, obviously, Jefferson has proven this year that he's going to get targeted a lot, and he out-targeted our <clears> – <throat> he got more targets last game than Odell did, 8-5. to five. But, you know, I think Odell has more of a chance to be explosive with those targets, and I think he has more of a chance to catch multiple touchdowns in a game. So, you know, that's kind of – if you have both of those guys – you're a real trooper for sticking it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's how I would describe it to somebody who had to make that choice. You know, if you really need a floor play, go Van Jefferson. If you need the ceiling play, go with Odell. <clears throat> so this is kind of an interesting um, duality here and in that th- these are both very explosive offenses. Uh, on the Rams side, you kind of play most everyone – you know, Higby's kind of a low-end, like, stretch tight end, but nonetheless, he's playable in some instances, especially in, like, a dynasty or a deeper league. Uh, obviously, whoever's playing running back for the Rams, you go ahead and start, um, you know, potentially all three receivers. Obviously, Stafford's a start. And then you've got another very explosive offense on the other side. But it's a little bit harder to play most of these guys. You know, you're playing Kyler. Um, you're, you're playing 
uh, Connor, and you're probably playing Hopkins whenever he is out there and actually healthy. But past that, like, what can you expect from some of these guys on Arizona? Uh, Ertz's last two games, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, plus or minus could be off here by a couple points. I'm pretty sure he's put up in his last two games a 28 and a 2. So the consist like that's just an example of how crazy inconsistent who goes off in this offense is. And like who, if anyone, outside of those two, maybe three guys is playable right now. Both in this game and just going forward. Yeah, I think for myself, I don't think anybody's really shown you that they are right now. Um this yeah, whole season. It's been kind of all over the place. And the one guy you're maybe leaning towards, you know, hope for was AJ Green at one point where he had some consistency at least to get in the targets. And that's kind of faded to the side. Christian Kirk seemed to be the guy who would obviously fill that role and then had an opportunity the last few weeks with Hopkins, especially being banged up, but just never really stepped up the way he kind of thought he would and hasn't really been involved in this passing game, particularly this past week. So I think right now it's really crazy. One of the best offenses that you can pretty much, you know, be a part of probably only has two. The third guy, I think, when Chase Edmond comes off of IR, I think he's a guy that you can probably play and flex at least, um, or an option for your flex. But other than that, you might be the only three guys you can actually maybe be able to play versus high, the highest octane you know, scoring offense and actually be able to try to trust what you're putting out there. Otherwise, I think you're just putting your, you know, closing your eyes and hoping. Yeah, I think you hit it correct. I mean, as much as it sucks, like, because – the offense, like the output, is something that you want to get involved in, but just so inconsistent week to week. Who is going to be kind of the recipient of said volume? That it's just yeah, and, and it sucks because this offense offers so many options, and that's you know that's the whole point of why we're, you're saying there's going to there's you know it's really like inconsistent boom bust. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like what Chris said. Chase Edmonds is going to be somebody you want to look for on your waiver wires in some of those, you know, smaller redraft leagues because a lot of people might have dropped him and or discounted his actual value with James Conner emerging as a legit RB. But he will be using this offense when he gets back, which actually should be this week. So, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to bust off this week. I'm just saying you might want to look into getting him if he's out there this week. Um, but other than that, you know, I think the only other person I'd feel comfortable putting in my lineup is Zach Ertz. And that's just because tight end is such a weak spot all over the board. But getting it, a boomer bust guy, I mean. Yeah, exactly. So real, qu- real quick, can they can Kingsbury stop using Rondell more like he's Tavon Austin on the Rams back in the day? Like it's just it's just it's just infuriating to me. These little stupid every five things like within two yards of the line of scrimmage. The guy can actually run routes. He actually go down the field once in a while, but just let him. Yeah, and they did early in the season. It's another one of these things. It's just bizarre. Like I mean, he had that yeah, one they- game where he had a couple deep passes, and it's like since then we haven't seen him more than five ten yards downfield. Yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling what they try and do. I mean, I, I can only imagine that Cliff Kingsbury is just thinking to himself, "Oh, how can I outdo Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay?" You know, <laughs> like, "Oh, I have this weapon. Ooh, Rondell Moore. <laughs> they like to do end arounds too. Ooh, let me do it with a little smaller, faster guy." 
But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. Why don't you use this guy on routes? Like, he's the perfect slot receiver for your offense. And you just kind of leave him <laughs> in purgatory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that kind of does us for the uh, kind of game previews for the upcoming week. Uh, before we get out of here, we always like to hit on some maybe under-the-radar uh, starts or some guys to keep on your radar throughout the week. So with that, is there anyone that, you know, the people haven't heard of that, or heard much about as of late that you are keeping an eye on this week? I'll give you two names that I we kind of mentioned earlier today's show. Uh, I think Hilliard's a guy that you can put in your lineup this week. I love the matchup versus Jacksonville. I'm not super worried about, you know, McNichol stealing his touches. And I think that he shows he's, he's probably one of the guys who's got a better floor in that backfield because he was involved both in the rushing and passing attack. Um, you know how I feel about this. I will <laughs> always just keep in the back of your mind that at any given time, there is a free Jaguars reject that will get you 10 points a week. For volume alone, in PPR leagues, there is someone who is arguably whether or not they should be on an NFL roster that is getting 10 points a week because he's on the Jaguars. Quan Treadwell, <laughs> a like, bona fide bust, getting you 10 points a week because of volume, because holy crap, the Jaguars are bad. If like you're it. in a deeper league, or if you're desperate due to buy somehow, you know, you're super reliant on like the Dolphins or something for some weird, weird reason. Um, the Colts, say you're missing Pittman, Waddle, whatever. Um, there's an option that at least there is a floor. There is a safe floor. The upside's probably not there, <laughs> but <laughs> you have an ex- acceptable floor where if the rest of your team is good, you will probably be good. Yeah, I'll throw two more names at you real quick. Taysom Hill is a guy I think you can play with confidence yeah. this week despite the broken finger. You love the rushing upside. You love the opportunity and the, the team they're playing against. And I think another guy you can kind of think about putting into your lineup um, is going to be – I think I, for, I forgot who it was for a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I had made a note earlier because I was like, I got to mention this guy said at some point today. Um, I don't have it. I think the other guy you're going to try to think about trying to put in your lineup this week or has some upside outside of Taysom Hill is going to be the Ingram that we kind of talked about. I don't think they're going to be down on him kind of after last week's debacle, but I think it's a good matchup for him to kind of get back on track. And you've seen him be more effective against the lesser defenses this year as well. Yeah, I think the one guy I would look at, I would look at the whole situation in San Francisco as far as the running back room goes. Jeff Wilson had a flare-up, and he exited the game. Um, Eli Mitchell's in concussion protocol, took a nasty hit. looked like he actually went out. I mean, I don't know how he got back in that game. And then Trey Sermon is on the IR. So who does that leave? You guessed it, Jamichael Hasty. Um, so just keep your ears open and your eyes on your screens and, you know, watch the alerts coming in. See, uh, see who's 
a go and who's not because you know even if Eli Mitchell's a go, Jamichael Hasty might be in an uptick situation for yards because you know he could be Eli Mitchell could be on a limited basis in that offense and that offense is purely run so you know he could have a, a good game run it fall into a touchdown. Just somebody to monitor. You don't have to actually put him in your lineup, but you know, if you go and you're on your waivers right now and you see him there and you have maybe a spot, yeah, why not? Adam, see what happens. That whole anytime you have a uh, 49er running back, they're probably going to score at least 10 points, maybe 15. But that's just because that's how that whole system's set up. Here's another one. Um, Based on matchup and based on potential opportunity, if and only if Debo doesn't play, which it looks like he probably will, uh, it looks optimistic that he will play, but if he doesn't, Trent Sherfield was somehow on the field for 98% of the snaps and did get the kind of targets that he needed. Everything points, and the matchup is there. Like, Everything points to that being something that in a deep league would be acceptable as if he is on the field at that rate, is getting that volume, and it has that matchup. Uh, even if I don't think he's very good and I'm a little afraid of the 49ers passing offense. Uh, just kind of based on those other factors, I think it would be worth at least looking into. Again, only if Debo is not out there. I pray to God that Debo is out there, so I don't even have to consider that. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't consider it anyway. <laughs> Not uh, unless, quick, unless Trey Lance is on the field, because then he'll hit Trent Sherfield for 80 yards and a touchdown, and it'll be all fine. <laughs> no time. <laughs> One more shooter for at least the week to kind of consider is Evan Ingram for tight end of the Giants. Been down on him as fit in the Giants this entire year, but with Jake Fromm playing quarterback more than likely this week, a guy who was basically their primary pass catcher last week for this offense. Offense hasn't really changed a whole lot since Jason Garrett's been fired. The receivers continue to be banged up and injured. Kenny Galladay you know, actually was got hurt as well. So I think Evan Ingram versus the Chargers have been horrendous versus tight end position is a guy that you can put your lineups and actually make actually something out of this week. How do we feel about Buffalo Bills legend Rashad Perriman? <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> Wait, that guy has a job? Not only does he have a job, he had 84% of the snaps. He did. <laughs> and he did. he did absolutely nothing with them. He did less with those snaps than Sherfield did with more snaps. Um, so- no, he, he did the Cortland Sutton thing. His job was just to run deep and just get everybody's attention. The old OBJ, you know, position in <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> You just run down the field. That's your job. Just run down the field. Be out there. Hey, speaking of that position, good for Guyton for actually doing something for once. Nice. Yeah. Because that does seem to normally be his role. <laughs> Go downfield and open up everyone else. Um, yeah. Shout out to him for that. Um, be Mike Williams' role. <laughs> also true. Um, all right. Anyone else? Otherwise, we're going to head out of here. All right, cool. All right, again, thank you guys so much for um, catching up with us, listening in. We appreciate it more than you know. Um, We will be back, of course, at this time next week. Um, Yeah, so, Justin, you are releasing stuff this week, 
Correct. Yep. Uh, weekly start sits. We'll be out. Woo. Yep. All right. And Chris, you will be on some shows, uh, Belly FM, DFF this week. Yeah, we'll be having our Wednesday night show around 9 o'clock. we kicking it off. It's talking about the early games and the Thursday game as well. And then on this Friday night, we'll be having our free giveaway that we have on DFS lineups. Um, we, ask, we enter for free, enter the contest, have a chance to get Chaz Polardi's, uh, you know, free opportunity for a championship footballs.com entry for the month and also is easy sports data. So got a lot of different things coming up, a lot of chances for some listeners to win some free stuff as well. All right. Awesome. That sounds like a great opportunity. You guys should get in on that. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.